And so the title of this sermon is Jabez, an example of how to bless yourself. And it says in the it says in the scripture, and this is just an absolute truth, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that those who love it will find its fruit. So death and life are are in the power of the tongue. Next slide, please. Hello. Come on. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. All right, so here's here's what I was thinking of when we come about this. There's been so many things that have been spoken over us during our lives, and... If we take the words that are spoken to us that are negative and we allow them to sink into our spirits, then what happens to us is that we begin to be shaped by those things. And if we take the positive too, the words that God speaks and make our life off of those, then we will go in a different trajectory. trajectory. So here's, here's what I wrote. The power of words to shape our thoughts brings about the power of thoughts to shape our image which brings about the power of an image to shape our future and then how the power of our future shapes our lives now let me explain that and that's that's up there and so the first thing is the power of words have the ability to shape our thoughts so if you're growing up and you're constantly hearing you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly, you can't do this, you can't do that, I wish you were a boy, I wish you were a girl, I wish you were this, I wish you were that, I wish you were dead, and we start listening to these things, these thoughts, these words that people think or say actually become thoughts in our minds, and we receive them. And so if if we take them and place them down in our hearts, let them dwell there and live there then they begin to bring a, bring about fruits and so thoughts begin to shape our image and so the words people speak if we reject them they don't necessarily affect us they might affect us for a moment but if we reject them but if we dwell on them and think on them and place them in our hearts then they begin to shape our image and we begin to actually believe the words that were spoken over us and the things that were said about us so again, this works in a positive way or a negative way. And so that's why it says life and death. When God speaks over us and we get those words deep in our heart and we begin to see our image that we're created in his image, that he loves us and that we're awesome in him and that he has a purpose for our lives, we begin to think of those things and it begins to shape our image, who we are. So we're either going to have a positive image or a negative image, and most of us have a mixed image, actually because we still have some negative things. I'll bet you if you sat around long enough, you would find and, and just thought about it, you would find that you have still in your life some things that don't line up with who God says you are. You're, you're just not believing. Just And it's not that you're resistant. It's that we've believed it for so long, it becomes part of our image, who who we think we are, rather than who God says we are. And so that really becomes a powerful thing. And so then what happens is when we get to looking at our image and thinking of who we are and see who we are and feel who we are and sense who we are, whether it's negative or positive, 
then what we begin to do is it begins to shape our future because our future is based on what we actually believe and begin to walk out. And so if we have a negative view, then many times we're just going to sit back and allow things to happen in our life and take place, or we're going to actually go down a path that we're, we're not created for or designed for because we're lacking what God has and we're lacking the truth of what he says because we're looking at ourselves through the ways that others have spoken to us and we've come up with a false image of who we are. But if we go through and we see who God says we are and we listen to the words that God has spoken to us, we listen to the scripture and we we respond to the call of God, we begin to step out, we begin to go into a new direction, a direction that's filled with life and abundance. And so we have this image that shapes our future. And so our future, because I believe good or bad, that's the path that I follow after. And then that future leads to shapes our lives just totally shapes where we go the direction and everything that's about us and so the goal in our life is for us to to understand who God says we are and to enter into the fullness of what he has because God has fullness available to us if we're willing to walk in his ways if we're willing to believe what he says if we're willing to obey him see belief is putting feet to what you believe you know if you don't really believe something you're not living it you're only living what you actually believe that's that's true right there you're living what you believe so i was thinking about this what would you (laughs) what would you do if your mom called you named you pain Wouldn't that be lovely? That's exactly what happens in our story today. Because the word Jabez means he will cause pain. Or he who causes pain. So that's exactly what Jabez's mother did. So go to 1 Chronicles 4.9 or it's up here if you want to look. Some, Some people like to look in their own Bibles and that's good. But some like to look up here. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. So his name means he will cause pain, or he who causes pain. That's what his name means. So I think about this. Every time someone says, Jabez, hey, he who causes pain, woohoo, come on in, supper time. Hi, he who causes pain, how are you? And I was looking at, you know, I I look up names and stuff every once in a while to see what different ones mean. And, you know, my name, they, they have two different possibilities of what Terry means. Terry means either a smoothed, polished rock, which means that the rough waters of life have smoothed me down, or it means tender hearted. And so sometimes Terry the tender heart, you know. And so it means one of those two, which I'll take either one, which is fine and dandy. But, you know, my name doesn't mean stupid. My name doesn't mean he will cause pain. And, you know, I don't want to make too much out of this story because it's only two verses. 
I know a guy, uh, his name is Bruce Wilkerson. He wrote a book that just sold millions of copies called The Prayer Jabez. And, you know, it's it's a good book and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we don't want to make too much out of stuff. But I think I've seen enough life and I've experienced it myself. And I've seen people who have been involved in this that I understand what's what's going on. And so that we can say some of these things. I don't know Jabez's life because that's all you get. Two verses on his whole life. So again, I'm not trying to blow this out. But I do remember, uh, this this just brought it to my mind, a neighbor that we had for quite a few years. And this neighbor, the, the grandpa, or well, it was a dad living, had his daughter living with him, and then their two kids so he was a grandpa you know and so the kids would be acting up and doing something he didn't want he they'd scream at the top of their lungs they'd cuss him out they'd call him every name you could begin to imagine he would say things like you better mind you better you better not act up because i might have a heart attack and you might be the cause of my death and speaking things like that over the kids and and i mean every swear word you can imagine calling them names threatening them if they wouldn't stop and and we called you know we called the services on them multiple times but i just think about this how their words would impact these kids and how these kids what are they like now that they're grown up after living in something like that every day of their life and man it was it was very incredible and uh, so I just I just don't know, but can you imagine every day your mom or dad looks at you, or your brothers and sisters, and they say, "Hey, pain," or "You caused mom pain," you know, and they use it to beat them up and those kind of things. I remember a time where you know, in in if you guys gone through cleansing stream, some of you have when they have that words teaching. And it teaches that death and life are in the power of the tongue and the things that we say. I remember after we did this topic is that one lady just fell on the floor and just started bawling her head off. And, and she was just bawling and bawling and bawling. And I just said, okay. And I just waited till she was done. And then I finally asked, I said, what's going on? She goes, I just remember all the things I've said to my kids. I remember all the words I've spoken. I remember the things that have brought death things that i've spoken and man she was just feeling the weight of it and i said you know we can break that in jesus name but we can begin to reverse that and speak life into them you know we can't anything that we've done we can't just take upon ourselves and and once we bring it to the lord we can't carry on you know if you carry on that way continuously it, it's not god's way he when he forgives us we're forgiven and then to walk in the newness of life and begin to speak words that bring life. You see, a lot of times we dwell in the past, we live in the past, the things that we have said, the things we've spoken, and we don't ever move past those because we dwell on them, we live there, instead of just releasing it, forgiving it, and moving forward in the life that God has. And so Jabez, he, uh, he was something. There's three things that I thought was really interesting about Jabez. Jabez sought God's blessing. 
I want us to think about this even in our own lives because I think this is important. It says, first of all, that Jabez in that verse 9, it says Jabez was more honorable than all of his other brothers. And so he was an honorable man, even though he was had those words spoken. And I thought the second thing is, is that Jabez wasn't shaped by his name. He didn't allow his name to shape his concept of who he was. And what he did is he sought the blessings of God. He sought the blessings of God. He went to God as his source. You know, I want to say this because this is important as far as I'm concerned, is that, you know, we have people around us, but people will never meet our deepest needs because they never were created to do that. Your, your husband or your wife weren't there to make you full and complete. Your children aren't there to make you full and complete. What happens is, is that God is the source of our completeness, and then we can live and love out of that and minister to others. But we'll never be fully satisfied if we're looking for a human being to satisfy every longing and need and things that we have deep within us. Yes, there's relationships that God's created, but they all source out of him and once we're we're full in him we can fully give to others and then we can have the good relationships that he wants and that's what's really important there and so Jabez sought God's blessing because I, I think this is great he just went after it he went after God he sought his own blessing and so he he really prayed to God to do four things, right? It says it right in those scriptures. The first one, he said, is to bless me. God, bless me. God, bless me. I've had words spoken over me. I've had things spoken over my life. I've had situations that have taken place, but I want you to bless me. I want to experience what you have for me. I want to experience the fullness. And so what I what I think about this, you know, I was, I was thinking about this... Uh, Psalm 103, and and if you know the Psalms, that one's kind of a classic one, and it's been repeated here many times, but it's it's a classic in other literature too, and it says, uh, this is a Psalm of David, and he's just praising God. You know, this is one of the Wahoo Psalms. You know, he has his, his bummed Psalms when he's totally depressed, and people are trying to kill him, and he's hiding out in caves. And he's telling God all of his woes and sorrows and then saying, I'm putting my trust in you. But this one is he's saying, bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And so he's saying, one of the things that caught my attention on this and why I'm saying it right here in this sermon here is he says in verse 2, he says, forget none of his benefits. Forget none of his benefits. And so Jabez knew that God was the God of blessing. 
that God was the one who had all these benefits, all these wonderful things. He was a covenant-keeping God, and he had made a covenant with the children of Israel. And so he says, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to ask him to bless me. Bless me with the things that you've, you've given. Bless me with what the promises that you've said. Bless me with everything that you have. And so I thought that was wonderful. But you know what? We have much more than Jabez. You know, if you think about anybody in the Old Testament, none, none of them had the Holy Spirit dwelling in them continuously like we do. Not one of them. They had the Spirit come upon them. They had the Spirit fill them for a moment so they could speak forth and proclaim what God wanted. But the Spirit never dwelt within their, their spirit like ours. Never did. And we have that nearness. We have that closeness. Remember what Jesus says? I have to go away so I can send the comforter so that he can come into you. No one in, in the history before the time of Jesus' resurrection had the Spirit of Christ living and dwelling in them 24-7. Now we see that, you know, someone was filled with the Spirit or moved by the Spirit and things like that, but it was always a temporary thing. And so this is for every believer, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. That's one of the benefits that they don't have. And then we have all the wonderful things that God has promised that in the old as well as the new because God's promises don't fall short. You remember what, what it says is that the new covenant's a better covenant. It's better. That's why God replaced the old covenant. Because the old covenant was never designed to bring people to a full, you know, full relationship with God as far as salvation. It says that the law could not do, it couldn't cleanse us, it couldn't purify us. That's why Jesus came with his blood, so that he could purify us and that we could enter into that new covenant. Because remember, a covenant doesn't happen unless... Uh, come into fruition until the death of the one who made it. And so he's our, our new covenant in the blood of Jesus. He died so that we could have this new covenant. And so we're grateful for that. And it's just a wonderful thing that he's done. So he says, bless me. There's so many blessings that God wants to pour out upon us. And it all comes through being in a right relationship with him. He pours out his blessings upon us. So then Jabez says the second thing. He says, hey, God, enlarge my borders. And if you think about the old covenant, if you think about the promises to Israel when Jabez was alive, what was God's promise? A huge portion of that promise was the land. And even in the time of Jabez, they didn't own all the land. Sure, they subjected all the cities and all the different places under on the land and those kind of things, but they did not have the fullness of the land. And Jabez says, expand my borders, make them bigger. I want more, Lord. And so he asked, and of course it doesn't give us any information of how much he wanted or how much he ended up getting because as we'll see in the end, the Lord says yes to his requests. So Jabez says, enlarge my borders. He wanted to possess everything that was in the promises of God. He wanted to have those. Everything that God promised, he says, I want it. And there were still enemies in the land, so he's asking. He says, oh God, enlarge my borders. And I was thinking about this. It's not greedy 
for us to desire the promises of God because they're freely given. It's part of our inheritance. It's what God has given us. You know, there was detractors, of course. They're complaining and moaning and groaning that that this prayer of Jabez. You know, people complain about everything. It's just so amazing to me. It's in the Bible. And they, they were saying, you know, that like Bruce Wilkerson stuff, they were saying, well, he's just this prosperity guy. He's just speaking all these things. This isn't for us. This isn't for today. You know, and blah, 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 blah. And they say, no, this is greedy. This is selfish. This is self-focused. This is just looking for a bless me club, blah, 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 blah. And then I always go, isn't this interesting? Because it says God granted him his request. God granted him his request. So when we go after the promises that God has given us, we're not being greedy. We're not being selfish. It's not selfish to take your inheritance. Suppose your dad's a millionaire and he, he passes away and he leaves in his will all of everything that he has. But you say, well, you know what? I don't want to be greedy. I'm, I'm only going to take 100000 Because I don't want to seem greedy. No, the whole inheritance is yours. It's freely given. It's there for you. But, oh, no, you know, we can't do that with the things of God. If God's promised us something, it's something that he has said. And it's based on his grace, his mercy, his gift. And so it's not something that we should shy away from. Oh, I'm just being self-centered. God said he'd do this, but I, I don't want, you know, I don't want to take too much. No way, man. Go for it. If he's promised it, we need to press in and receive it. Because every promise is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And we have to say the amen even. But that's so interesting. This this concept that people get that we have to we're being self-centered if, if we go after anything that God talks about in his word. And it's just, it's just amazing to me. So go for it. Go for the promises. If God said yes, then go for it because he's the giver. He's the one. He, if he's promised it, it's not selfish to want it. Now you can have a bad attitude. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Say go for it. And then he says this third thing. He says to the Lord that your hand might be with me. What I was thinking about this is he wants the presence and the power of God in his life. Does this bring anything else to your mind? To me, it brings to to mind Moses. Remember how God said, you know, I'm really tired of this people. I'm tired of going with them. I'm going to send an angel ahead, and you can go into the land. I promised you the land. I'm going to keep my promise. I never break my promise. I'll give you the land, but I'm going to send an angel to watch over you. I'm not going. What does Moses say? If you don't go, we're not going. If your presence doesn't go with us, we're not moving from this spot. We're staying here. And it's not that he's rebellious and bad. He's saying, no, God, if we don't have your presence, he says, what marks us as a special and unique people? Only your presence. And so he's saying, I want to be with you. And I will not even take all the promises that you have apart from you. I want you. So the idea is, even people have said this, and, and you know, we can say this, is that if you say it the right way, 
Some, of, some people seek the promises of God without wanting his presence. But if we seek the promises of God and want his presence, that's what he wants us to do. He doesn't want an either or. Some say, I'd rather have your presence than the promises. Well, that's true in that sense where, where we're, we're saying, God, I, I don't want to go forward. I don't want every promise you have if you're not going to be in it, if you're not going to be there, if you're not going to be present. But if he's present, he has every promise for us. So when they went and entered into the land, what were they supposed to do? Conquer every single city. They never did. Well, they brought, you know what I'm saying, they never cleared everything out. But they they did enter into the land. And they did have expanse under Solomon. And they did have peace, but they never truly got the land cleansed. And uh, that's because... They made a choice and a decision to not listen to the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm going to leave some of the people in the land and they're going to be problems for you because you haven't obeyed my word. So anyway, he says, I want to be with you. And Moses even went beyond that. Moses is interesting because if you think about him and you think about how Moses was with the Lord, I mean, he's... He's, he's with the Lord. God calls him up to the mountain, and there's fire and thunder and lightning and blah, you know, all this drama stuff, just massive, incredible. You know, the children of Israel were scared spitless. They didn't even, no, you go talk to God. We don't want to. We're scared of him, you know. And they were afraid. But Moses is up there for 40 days. He comes back down. He gets mad, breaks the tablets, then he goes back up and he's gone for like, he's, you know, he's gone a total of like 80 days, all total. And then he goes, God, show me your glory. So he's on the mountain. He's talking to God face to face as, you know, but it's in always in the cloud. It's always in the cloud. It's always in the pillar of cloud or the fire. He never truly sees God. He never sees. And when it says the glory of God, he's wanting to see God. He says, show me who you are. Show me and reveal it to me. And every time we see the glory of God in the scripture, it's like this massive colored rainbow and glory. And, you know, they're just trying to explain what they're seeing, um, you know, because it's just the radiance and the beauty of who God is. It's like rainbows. It's like all these colors on diamonds and all this stuff going all these different directions. Because God, we never see God. Even in visions, they never truly see God. They just see shining representation of him because he dwells in inapproachable light. And so, so Moses goes, God, show me your glory. I've seen your power. I've seen your works. I've seen all these things. But I want to see who you are. I want to know you. And that's what his cry was. And I think it's pretty much similar to the heart of Jabez, who says, God, I want your hand to be with me. I want your presence, and I want your your power to be with me. And those kind of things. So in everything, of course, that we face in life, we need the presence of the Lord and the glory of God in our lives. We need that because that's what we're created to do, to be connected to God. We're never created to be apart from God or even apart from one another. That's God's plan. You can read it lots in the Scripture. So then he goes and he says this, 
I thought this was interesting um, because I would think he'd say, Lord, that you keep me from hurting someone because my name, after all, is he who he will hurt, he who will harm. But he says, Lord, I pray that you would keep me from harm, that it would not pain me. Now, other passages of Scripture, other other um, translations say evil, keep me from evil. Well, what this word harm means is evil, wickedness, depravity, misfortune, or disaster. He's saying keep me from the evil stuff. Keep me from the stuff that's going to bring pain into my life. And that word pain is dealing with emotional pain or anguish, being miserable, having anguish in our soul and all these things. So he says, oh God, what I want, what I want to do is I, I want, I want to be with you and I want, want you to watch over me and protect me. Just reminds me of Jesus' prayer. Do you remember how, you know, they call that the Lord's prayer? Lord, teach us to pray. And what did he say? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Keep us out of evil. Keep us away from that. Keep evil from touching us. And so there's this prayer, and and this prayer of Jabez is pretty much similar. He's saying, Lord, deliver me from evil. Don't let this stuff cause incredible pain in my life. And we we know from what the Word of God says that, that, you know what, we can be believers, but sin brings forth death, no matter if we're believers or not. It doesn't necessarily affect our salvation to say, oh, I'm not saved today because I did this or walked in this way. I'm not saved. I'm saved, unsaved, saved, unsaved. No, we don't do that thing. We walk with God, but when we sin, it brings death. It just brings death every time. It doesn't matter what it is. If we go opposed to what God says, it brings death. And so we want life. And so in order to have life, we have to choose God's way and to walk in that. So here's, here's Mr. Jabez, and he goes like this. He says, God, I want to see your blessing, right? This is a synopsis. I want to see your blessing. I want to see your increase, increase every, everything that you have, all your promises, I want your presence, and I want your protection. And then here's the wonderful thing that it says. And God granted him what he requested. God granted him what he requested. All of it. God granted him what he requested. Now, it doesn't say a time frame, a lot of times we want it instantaneously, but a lot of times this stuff that he's talking about is a process throughout his life. If you're thinking about this, if you're thinking, saying, God bless me, you want his blessings every day, don't you? Not just not just a one-time, woohoo! here's a little blessing. I want your blessings upon my life. I want your increase throughout my life from glory to glory. I want to expand into the fullness of everything that you have for me. All your promises, all your calling, all your purpose for me, I want to expand into that. And your presence, I want your presence every day. And your protection to guard me and keep me from evil. Of course, he is He's praying for these things. And I think that 
I think we can ask for the same stuff. I think it's throughout the scripture that we're to seek the Lord, seek first his kingdom. We're to seek forth all the promises and the inheritance that we have. You know this one scripture that talks about in Peter that I say all the time? (laughs) It says that we are partakers of God's divine nature. We're partakers of it. Because the Spirit of God lives within us, because we're being changed into the image of Christ, His divine power, His divine nature is actually within us and marks who we are. We're God's. We're God's. And capital G, O, D, comma, apostrophe, S, not we are God's like we're, you know what I'm saying? We're his, in other words. Well, you know, okay, well, that word can go both ways. We're God's. Whoa! No, we, we are his. How's that sound? Does that sound better? We are people of God. We are God's people. We are people, people, whatever. But we're his. And we're like him because we've been created into the image. And you say, well, you know, the fall. God came and did that new creation thing. When we accepted Jesus Christ, we became a new creature. All things became new. We're like him. And that's the way he created it to be. No one of us could ever be God because we haven't been, we're not eternal in the sense of we've been through all, from all eternity. Only the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we are His. And we are made in His image. And His divine power and His divine purpose and His divine character and His div- all, all the stuff that He gives us are from Him. So it's all divine. It's all based upon God's power in our life. It's all based on what He has done for us. We just allow this to work out through us. And so then we, we're partakers of His divine nature. What do you think it means to have the fruit of the Spirit? Is the fruit of the Spirit your fruit? Look at me how patient I am. No, it's the work of the Holy Spirit helping you be patient. See, when we start understanding that, that we don't generate any of the things that we're due, then we can start trusting and believing in faith in the Lord. That's what it's all about, right? We believe, we trust, we submit to God, we submit to His ways, we, we submit to the Spirit. Those who are being led by the Spirit are the children of God. And so we're, we're being led by Him. We're, we're allowing the Spirit to work His fruit in us. We're allowing um, God's call and purpose to, to flow through our lives. We're doing this because of His Spirit in us. We're new create, creations. We're new creatures. And His life flows from us. So these promises that God has given, here's what I want to say as we end. I want to say this, God has promises for salvation. God has promises for salvation. And he's he's given us promises to see people saved, and we're going to see it, and I have no doubt we're going to see it. 
and we're going to see it more and more and more. We have promises for healing, and I want to say this. You know what? I don't care if you prayed 500 times for a healing in a certain area. If, go, go for 501. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Why? Because it's a promise. I, I think we were looking the other night. You know, I never remember where I hear stuff. You know, there's just so much stuff. But you know that one scripture, it says that we're to pray and we're to keep on praying. Was that Wednesday night that we heard that? Because sometimes I listen to other things and I'm going, where did I hear it? But he says he's talking about the unjust judge and the woman who came to the unjust judge and, and kept coming day after day. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. And the guy goes, oh, man. This woman's driving me nuts. I don't fear God. I don't fear man. But this woman is wearing me down. I'm going to give her her justice. And then, of course, Jesus uses the example. He says, well, then pray to God. God's not unjust. God's the one who gave the promises to us. God's the one who's spoken. God's the one that says, this is what I want to do in your life. So when we pray to him and continue on praying, then we can be assured. I remember this. This was one of the things that I thought was super interesting also is that there's a guy in England and he he was known for prayer and he had all these kids and stuff. And I just blanked on his name. You guys know who he is. But he had these orphanages and and what he did was he would just believe God. They'd just pray. And they believe God, and all of a sudden, you know, sometimes they'd be sitting in there and he'd have, he'd have a house of hundreds of kids and they had nothing for food. And then he would pray, oh God, thank you for the food that we're about to receive. And milk wagons would break down in front of their, <laughs> in front of their orphanage. George Mueller, thank you. George Mueller, Germany. Yeah, and uh, uh, I knew someone would remember but uh, then they'd break down, they'd come and, you know, they didn't have refrigerated cars back then and stuff. And they'd come and they'd go, this stuff's going to spoil, we'll just give it to you. Or they'd be praying and then someone would knock on the door and bring in multitudes of food and all this kind of thing. That's how he lived. And when he was praying, he kept a journal of every single person that he was praying for for salvation. He kept a journal. He started, this is the day I started to pray. Then he would always put the answer. When they came to the Lord, he would write the day they came to the Lord. So he would have his book. And he had this book, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. And so then people would come and ask him, well, look, you know, you haven't, you've been praying this forever for this person. And he goes, how much more confidence do I have that this person is going to come to the Lord because I prayed so many times? If God is faithful to answer a prayer with one prayer, how much more faithful will he be to answer a prayer of continued prayer that I pray in faith, believing in him? And this is a powerful statement because that is absolutely true, but we don't feel it because sometimes we say, God, why aren't you answering? Won't you answer? I prayed and 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 I prayed. And someone went, and this, this is my understanding of it. I was reading an article on this. Someone went back and got his journals after he passed away, and they went and they did the research to find out 
because there were some people who didn't get saved till after he died. Our prayers don't stop. Our prayers never stop. That's a fact. Scientific fact. Words never stop. They just keep going. That's really interesting. And so somebody did the research. Every single person he had in his journal that he was praying for salvation came to know Jesus, some even after he died. Because God hears prayer. So don't stop praying. Don't stop getting prayer. Keep on going. And then the promises that God has promises of his purpose keep pressing into what God's called you to you know everything God calls us to is beyond our imagination it's like oh who are you why are you calling me this is just come on God you just asked me something that's insane well that's because we're thinking in in who we are in our own abilities instead of thinking of God who's called us come on do you think for one moment that Moses sees this sea and he goes it's going to do anything God says pick up the rod hold it and the sea splits because he was obedient to God God just asks us to hold up the rods he doesn't ask us to split the sea he just asks us to do what he says and when we do it he can release his supernatural power If Moses fails to lift up that rod, the sea doesn't split because it's always in faith and obedience to God. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray. Anyone who wants prayer for healing, I asked Jerry and Joanne if they would, uh, would minister today. And if you want healing, come. If you want it, come. Just press in. If you have things in the heart that need to be touched, come. Just receive the ministry of the Lord. Don't stop. Don't stop pressing in. Don't get discouraged. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. All right. So here we go. Wahoo!